0: It's the most wonderful time of the year. It's the hap-happiest season of all. Or is it? At least in the United States. For footballers, the month of December is part of the off-season, and perhaps the biggest time of year for off-season surgery. Well, if you're not too put off by my singing, stay tuned and we'll talk more on this challenging and often difficult time of the year. And I promise, no more singing. thinking he's going to go far post, not strong enough with his right hand. Whips that one in, far post, almost made him in they have, he has the hat-trick, the second in his career, the third of the night, the hat-trick hero. Talked about, you're not going to be able to sustain that kind of pressure. To the corner, goes towards the In post, and you're at the angle, and what a goal, what a goal! Even if you're not a footballer, November and December tend to be heavy-laden with surgeries here in the USA. The way that most, if not all, health insurance works, as people come to the end of the year, they likely have paid or come close to paying all of their medical insurance deductible, meaning that the expensive or extensive surgery that's been put off has now got to get scheduled without further delay before the new year begins. Well, for professional footballers in the first division of Major League Soccer and the lower divisions of the United Soccer Leagues, as well as for many collegiate players, November and December are often the time to get the off-season surgery taken care of so that they can regain fitness and make it back into the squad for the next season. Well, whether it's a minor surgery or a major one, there's a lot of traffic in and out of clinics, surgery centers, and hospitals during the season. Advancements in medicine and in medical and healthcare technology are happening rapidly. You know, the same surgeries and rehabilitation times of even just 10 to 15 years ago have really changed. Seemingly, everything's becoming more commonplace with shorter lengths of hospital stays and recovery times. ACL surgery, for example, I remember a time when that might have been a death knell for a footballer and the end of his or her career. Nowadays, there are many excellent athletes who have had this major procedure one, two, sometimes even three times. Computers, lasers, robots, and other technological developments have not only let us see into more parts of the body, but also let those trained and skilled apply extensive years of knowledge toward the healing and mending of broken body parts and pieces. I sometimes wonder what football injuries might have looked like back in ancient times when medicine wasn't as advanced. Interestingly, in ancient times, the physician had maybe even a more critical and less commonplace role in the community than today. Without the training and technology that most educated in the medical fields of study had, an ancient physician would need to work with natural, unprocessed herbs and remedies, always striving to improve and perfect and build upon advancements made for the different ailments which might debilitate someone. One such type of remedy is referenced even in the Bible. In Genesis 37.25, we see the first mention of this thing called the balm of Gilead, While its origin and identity have been difficult for scholars to understand or trace, there are several references to the medicinal traits and qualities that the balm offered. And we see in ancient texts that this was part of the trade industry, even in ancient times. In fact, in later years, we read words from the Hebrew prophet Jeremiah as he watches and experiences the suffering of his people, the nation of Israel. He cries out, Is there no balm in Gilead? Is there no physician there? Why then is there no healing for the wound of my people? That's in Jeremiah 8, 22. Well, scholars believe that the region of Gilead was rich in spices and medicinal herbs, and perhaps that a great industry around the work of healing and soothing had, had arisen because of the advancements made and because of this balm. The balm of Gilead specifically had a reputation. But in the cry of Jeremiah, one gets a sense that no physical, no earthly medicine would provide comfort, relief, or healing for the wounding that he's talking about. I've been there. Even in parts of my own medical history, I've watched as doctors tried to explain, as they poked and prodded and struggled to come up with a definitive answer or an accurate diagnosis. I've also sat in on patient-centered teams with skilled physicians, nurses, and other caregivers. Sometimes everyone's at a loss to explain someone's pain, or they're struggling to come up with a plan of treatment that would provide the desired or needed relief for a patient. In my time as a hospice chaplain and pastorally in visiting people in the hospital, depending on the situation, I learned to often pray something along these lines. At the place where medical skill and knowledge and advancement cease, Lord God, you, the great physician, intervene with your power and peace. You know, there are limits to our knowledge and limits to the power and practice of healing that one might offer to the one who is broken, sick, or wounded. But many times we fail to recognize this, and we place too much trust into medical devices and remedies. I've also seen the flip side as well, where people are skeptical and wary of doctors and medicine and medical procedures. Some may even come from religious backgrounds that deny medical intervention and instead insist upon a reliance upon their faith. As a chaplain, sometimes it's the most difficult place to be in to care for people who live on the edge of either of these extremes. But here's the thing. Wherever one's at on the continuum, especially as we age, I think we can all agree that our bodies, much like our world, is broken. Our bodies often feel unhealthy. They feel as though they're failing. When faced with surgery or in search of a diagnosis, we often find ourselves at the end of ourselves and in need of repair we realize that we're vulnerable. We realize we're not invincible, that we're not forever young. We find ourselves faced with our own mortality, and if we understand rightly, we might even acknowledge our need for God, for something, for someone greater and more powerful than me. Someone who can bind up the wounds and heal the brokenness, not just the physical, but the mental and spiritual injuries as well friend, perhaps today you find yourself facing a surgery. Or maybe there's a diagnosis which has been devastating to you or one that you love. Perhaps there's hope. Hope for treatment, hope for a cure, hope for a full recovery. But maybe there's not. Maybe you are hopeless. Maybe the diagnosis is terminal. Maybe you're being told that your career is done, your playing days are over. Maybe it's more grave than that. I encourage you to call out, to cry out to God. Bring your woundedness, your fear, your brokenness, your pain to Him. Ask Him to heal you. Ask Him to preserve you. Ask Him to carry you when you cannot carry yourself, when you cannot go on yourself. Before we end, I want to encourage you to check out our app, Sock Chaplin. That's S-O-C-C-C-H-A-P-L-K. A-I-N. You can find Sock Chaplain in the Apple and Google stores. In the media section, we have a tab called prayers, where we have some recorded prayers for different situations and moments you might be facing in football. Some of those prayers are for those who might be facing a surgery or going through an injury, as well as others. There are many different moments when we encounter the difficult parts of the beautiful game. And maybe there isn't a chaplain nearby or on hand to be there for you, but that doesn't mean that God doesn't see you or that He doesn't know about your situation, and He cares. If you find yourself in one of those waiting places, I certainly hope that the prayers recorded there will offer some sort of comfort or support for you in that time and in that moment. Allow me to close with a prayer for you, whether you're facing surgery today or in the recent past, or even if you're in the midst of the rehabilitation process. Jesus, creator of my inmost being, Knitter of my body when I was not yet born. Fearfully and wonderfully you have made me. I am broken, hurting, injured, and to you I come for healing. Give physicians wisdom. Give nurses and caregivers gentleness and care. Let me be at peace, mind, body, and heart. Let me be healed. I place myself in your hands. Take that which is broken and mend me. Take that which is torn and put me somehow back together again so that I may live and move and be being once again so I might be renewed, refreshed, and restored. Let me persevere in the day of rehab. Let strength return to me as in the time when I was young. Let my heart not be discouraged. Let my recovery and health and well-being be whole. And until that day, That foreordained day when my time here is complete, let me run the race, let me live out and run out the full 90. And when the final whistle blows, may I rest to hear your words. Well done, my daughter. Well done, my son. Amen. This is Rev. Brad praying for your healing and recovery from The Touchline.